Be'ezus Hashem Yisbarech. We will continue what we are learning in the Holy Letters of the Balatanya, letter number 12. What the Shears and the Schus, Rufur Shalema, Ferhinda, Bastabar Rachel. What we are learning the depth and the majesty of this letter which describes the essence of the act and the deed of charity and compassion, which its reward and its cause and effect in this world is a peace, and how the obsession with compassion, the obsession with tzedakah, the reward and its consequence is an unleashing of a never-ending silent surety and tranquility. We're going deep into this to understand and see the essence of these words, which is the essence of compassion. Which to understand this, one must go deep into the soul of compassion, the soul of Rachamim, Rachmonis, the soul of the energy of the Yud Gimumides Rachamim, of the 12 measurements and 12 energies of compassion that God gives in this world. And we are explaining that in order to understand the essence of the whole entire Torah, person must go deep into the soul of the book of Bereshus, not just the parasha of Bereshus, but the book, the whole entire Sefer Bereshus, to understand the enormity and the magnificence and the panoramic view of the story of Horatius, of the beginning, which is what is the purpose? What is the purpose of this all? A person realizes that in order for his life to make any sense, in order for him to have meaning in his life, he must see the purpose, he must see the meaning of it all. You must see what happened in the beginning. And for that we are explaining that in the beginning of the creation of the world there was a tremendous hiccup in the creation. Which is that God intended for man to be his partner. The goal of life is to choose freely, which means to choose from such a deep place, where in that place there's complete freedom, there's complete silence, there's complete clarity. To choose freely does not mean to choose one flavor ice cream over the other. 
It means to choose inherently to be God. The ultimate idea of choice. The ultimate reason that there was the sin of the Chetitzadas. The deepest depth and the core of the Nachash. The core of this snake. Was that you will be able to be like God. Which in its inner dimension. Contains an absolute truth. Which is that if you are choosing darkness, if you are choosing addiction, if you are choosing fragmentation, if you are choosing fighting, if you are choosing to be reactive, if you are triggered, then you are not in touch with your divine nature. You're not in touch with the core of your identity, the core of your soul. Which means that your soul is unconscious, your soul is asleep. And the ability and the beauty of choice is one of the most magnificent things in the world. To have choice is to touch the infinity of God in this world. Because most people think choice means to choose from one pleasure to another pleasure. When that choice actually means something entirely different. Choice means to be free from all confusion. Choice is the ability to show the everlasting, never-ending, uncorruptible power of the soul which is despite that you're going to be challenged and you're going to be you're going to walk through the world and the world's going to try to stifle you try to suck out your light but that only makes you get stronger and more powerful despite the fact the whole entire world wants to stop the Jew But in fact, the greater the darkness, the greater the light, the greater temptation, ultimately speaking, you will beat the temptation, you will beat the trauma, you will beat the fragmentation, you will beat the darkness. That is the purpose of this world. To have free choice means to go so deep into your creative power, to so deep into the feminine ability, the feminine pregnant potential of the body, to tap into the core of the body, to tap in the core of the darkness, to unleash an energy of the soul that's far beyond anything imaginable. In that space, there's free choice. In that space, we choose from deep within to be like the creator of the world. We don't choose because it's been forced upon us. We don't choose the religion because of indoctrination. We don't choose compassion because we're told that we're going to get a reward. We don't choose to be godlike, to be divine. We don't choose to drop our animalistic natures because of some petty reward. 
But ultimately we do it for the greatest reward of it all, which is the act of compassion is peace. The act of compassion, the act of rachamim, the act of charity, means that I'm the creator of the world, means that there's no such a thing as reactivity, means that every dichotomy, every type of opposition was me here for me to unify it, for me to go deep within and to show that it does not have a hold over me, but I have a hold over it. And all my trauma, and all my past, and all the betrayals, and all the negativity, is for one moment in time, when I will push so deeply, like he says in this parak, I will push so deeply against the forces of fragmentation, against the forces of this world, the whirl, the whirlpool, the whirlwind, the world in its drowning ability. And I will push against it until I will unleash an energy that even I am shocked by. Until I will unleash an energy that mimics the creator of the world, that will show that I have a chilek al-mamish, that I have a part of God, that I really made in the image of God, that I really have ten energies in my body, which are godly energies, which at the core of those energies is a part of God. And although I'm trapped by my personality, and although I'm trapped by my animal, and although I'm trapped by the allure and the loss of this world, and although I'm trapped by my traumas, and by peer pressures, and my imbalances, I have a soul that's so deep inside my body that when I unleash that through Torah and mitzvahs, I will create a tremendous peace, and a tranquility, and a clarity with everything, my whole past, my whole present, and even the future, everything will make sense. Because in that space of touching compassion, you look back at all your traumas and you realize the traumas have gotten me to a place where I've unleashed the power of my soul. That's infinite. A power that's beyond description. A power that in that place there's silence and everything has its place. Silence in a sense is something that's indescribable. The true wisdom, the spark of wisdom creates a tremendous silence to be aware to be in awe means to be spellbound. The spellbinding experience is something that's completely silent because there's nothing that can contain it. That is the secret of the pregnant potential that there is in a woman. And as the woman of God, <coughs> as the woman of God, the Jewish people are the woman in this relationship we challenge and we stand opposition to the spiritual energies and in that space we make everything real because what does a woman contribute to the relationship what does a woman 
give to her husband that she that he doesn't have? What is a woman giving all the time? What is she giving in her highest form? Where she's a partner with the creator of the world. Where Adam and Chava are both givers, they're both partners. A woman is giving to a man the ability for him to be real. To make it real. To make his love real. To make his wisdom real. To make everything real. And when she makes it real, two things happen. First thing is, the reality that she has, the holding ability, the pregnant potential ability, the refining, (coughs) the transformation, the healing, the nurturing, is what she brings to the table. But when she takes everything he brings to the table, she makes it real for herself and for him. The feminists who misunderstand this idea think, what am I here only for him? Which is a complete confusion. Because the highest space that man can be is to be there for another person. But in fact, in this space, when we as the woman of God, we are making the Malchus, we are making his kingdom, we are making spirituality real in this world. Because when we intertwine body and soul, which we are primarily responsible for the body of God, which means that God should dwell in the world, that He should be a place where He can dwell. Because Because no other heavens cannot contain Him. Because God, when He's revealed in the heavens, the whole world, all those kingdoms cease to exist. When God was revealed in Matan Torah, the world ceased to exist. Nothing can contain, nothing can contain. So the question is, is there a container that can contain God without being nullified by it? We will still be able to contain it. And the answer is, that's the Jewish people. That's the miracle of compassion. Because in that space, God represents masculine, both He represents wisdom and kindness. In that space, in the most purest space, He represents the right side. Of course, God contains all energies, but God is the spiritual creator of the world, the spiritual energy of everything. What was revealed in Matan Torah and Kriyas Yamsuk was that God is everything. But in that space, the world ceases to exist. But as the woman of God, as Chava, as the one who is primarily responsible for the body, as the one who has a physical nature, both husband and wife that represent this soul and body of the feminine, they will make God real in this world. They will give it everlasting, never-ending unity and peace and tranquility between body and soul. You understand? A husband and a wife that operate on one unit. There's no difference between the soul and the body. There's no difference between the wisdom and the understanding. There's no difference between the kindness and the strength that holds it. Because that kindness and the, str- the detailed strength that holds the kindness means that it's real, it's true. Tita Nemes it's compassion. It's sensitive. It's both internal and external. It's both superficial and qualitative. Because a woman's focusing on the details and a man is focusing on the general picture, but to have compassion, to have love with the details and the big picture. The big picture of love and the details of tendering, tendering and narrowing down and tenderizing that deep love to my children. And it's the 
back and forth between husband and wife. Superficial, qualitative, masculine, feminine, soul, body, pushing against each other all the time, giving to each other, animating each other all the time, which allows for it to become real because in that space the feminine, the woman, she is not just giving to her man, which that itself, based on compassion, is the greatest thing in the world. To be able to give means to mimic a creator. But everything she's getting from him, by challenging him, by opposing him, by extracting him, by holding him, by nurturing him, everything she's getting from him becomes hers. So everything that he has on the right side, which is lofty, which is heaven-like, which is spiritual, everything that he has, she makes real. You must, you must see this with deep clarity. This is one of the deepest concepts in Hasidic philosophy, which is that a man on the right side, his body, even his own body, is holding something that's very hard to interact with this world. He's holding chachma, chesed, and netzach. Those are energies. Those energies that are going to wither away with the sands of time. Do you see it with your eyes? Chachma is wisdom. Wisdom has no meaning. Inventions, they have no meaning. They're trapped away in the laboratories. Who's going to hold that wisdom? If not for the body of understanding. So when you look at a woman, you think she's the body. But in the purest sense, what does it mean, the body? She's responsible for the body. We're going deep into this. Because her body... The spiritual aspect of her body is the understanding of that wisdom. Because Bina, you say it in the Sinalisha, when you look at a woman's face, you're looking at the face, the ten energies. You're looking at the face of understanding. Because she will challenge her husband. If he is smart enough to give over the wisdom to her, that she will understand the wisdom, that he will understand it all as well. Because his own energy will permeate it in the body, his own knowledge and wisdom will become understood. And then the same thing is in his heart. In his heart is purely love. Wants to love the whole world. Wants to see the whole world with positivity. But what will ever happen if he doesn't get married? What will ever happen if he's not narrowed down? What will ever happen if nobody can hold that love? It will fizzle away. Just like Abraham Avinu's love fizzled away in Yishmael and fizzled away in Hagar. Because he didn't have the right container. And that's why Pasha's Chayasara is called Chayasara. Because all of the activities that go on in that Pasha show what enormous contribution Sarah gave to Avram Avinu. Which was the beginning of the Tikkun of Chava. Which is the idea that Yitzchak Yikara Lachazara. I will give you this child. When you look at Yitzchak, you're looking at Sarah. When you're looking at the Jewish nation, you're looking at the woman. Because the woman is the woman of God. And Sarah created Yitzchak. Not Hagar. Not even Avram. Because Sarah narrowed down that energy and she made sure that nobody else would get it. Because that's the power of the woman. The power of the Gvura is to hold the Chesed. To restrict it. To narrow it down. To force it to become real. To understand the enormous responsibility of a woman. The woman of God. And the woman in your relationship. And your own woman. To see how necessary it is for you to be in touch with the feminine ability, which means the physical reality of this world, that's going to bring you deep into your potential. That's going to create compassion. 
Because a chesed that marries gvura is a chesed of compassion. Because now it's able to interact. Now it's able to be flame, wick, oil, and fire, which fire is the compassion. The birth of husband and wife is the flame that's created from the fire that's being held all the time onto a wick. And this is an enormous idea to understand this. And the same thing is with Netzach and Hoyt. The competitive energy, the conquering energy of man is an enormous energy. It's an enormous energy of seduction to go all around the world and to try to transform the world, to conquer the world, to make a lot of money. But Hoyt, if you don't have an energy of devotion, if you don't have an energy of surrender, if you don't have an energy of to hold all that energy, to push against it, and to surrender. If you don't have the physical brute world, what is all your spirituality for if you can't transform the world? If you don't have a container, if you don't have an opposition force to transform, if you're playing a sport and you don't have a team that's opposite you, how is your talent ever going to come out? To understand your own body is to understand your spouse, to understand the woman of the world, to understand the woman of God, to understand the enormous contribution the Jewish people give to God, and to understand what the messianic era looks like, which is that malchus, feminine ability to receive, to nurture, to hold, the womb ability, that's not an emptiness of feminism, that is the contribution of feminism, which is to understand that everything you have I hold and I make real. I have everything you have. And I'm giving you by allowing you to be. And I'm giving you by bringing you deep into me. And I'm, bring, I'm giving you by challenging you, by seducing you, and by extrapolating you, and by holding you. And that's what God tells the Jewish people. My goal in this whole entire Torah is to become walk with you hand in hand, partner with the divine. Then in the Messianic era, you will not be called anymore. You will not be called anymore. <coughs> By the lower name of me being in charge of you, but by my equal. Because you will have tapped into a reality where you made God real forever. Forever and ever spiritual and physical will be intermingled and intertangled forever. Where reality of God's kingdom will be forever in this world. Who made that real? The Jewish people for 2,000 years in Golos, struggling with the Torah struggling and pushing against the serpent, pushing against the world, pushing against everything that's trying to idolize the body and idolize the feminine and idolize the animalistic inclination. When all of it's for to transform it, to become selfless, to tap into compassion, to have a voidness at tzedakah, to become a compassionate person. All of Shalom Bayez problems end when there's Shalom, when you understand that you are made here, you are here for your wife. Your wife's not here for you. And when your wife understands that she's here for you, and she's not here to get from you, because everyone is mimics the Creator when they can give. And how was God giving when He created the world? He gave us this opportunity to give Him. Which means He gave us what He inherently has. And when every one of the Jewish people realized that we're giving God, and now that we're taking then we instantly drop our selfishness and we choose to be like God. We choose godliness. We choose infinity. We choose kindness. We choose compassion. We choose an infinite peace 
and a tranquility and a certainty forever. In that space, there's complete silence. There's a never-ending equilibrium that is felt throughout the person. And in that space, man in his own core, as he explains in this letter, has touched the messianic era. And it's a physical thing. It's not a spiritual reward of yesteryear, of a future time. But he says it's a physical thing that in this world now, you have the ability through obsession to transform your whole entire personality where the ego will have its place. Where there will be a peace inside you where you will be in never-ending reactivity. Never-ending means everlasting. That means that no matter what somebody throws at you, you will see it in its place. You will have the tenacity and the tranquility and the resilience to see good and evil and to separate them all the time. Which means to make peace between your right eye and your left eye, to make peace between everything positive and everything negative, to see its space, to see your unique ability to fuse them both. That's compassion, to be able to look at the paucity of everything, the poorness of every moment, whether it's a tantrum, whether it's a poor person, whether it's a poor person in the mind, and to all the time see that my obligation is to make triyasamaisim, to heal, to bring an infusion of reality into that space, to create compassion, means to fill the void with my godly infinite energy and all forms of void, trauma and and addiction, and selfishness and jealousy and all forms of animalistic darkness is only there so I could fill the void, so I could tap into a deeper nature that's godly, so I could even give that place tranquility. And when you're in that space, you understand that the whole entire world you hold in your hands. In that space, there's a tremendous sense of compassion. God's compassion is reigning through you. And in that space, you're a partner with your divine. And in that space, you've discovered the purpose of your life. And in that space, you have complete, everlasting, never-ending, silent tranquility. That is the most magical thing in the world, and that is what the whole entire world will experience in the Messianic era, but then we will experience it as a reward. What the Balshemtiv says, and the Holy Balatanya says, to usher that in now, not to wait for the Messianic era. Not even to usher in the messianic era, but to usher that in now into your life. That's a hashkif of betachad oilam. That is a priceless, indescribable life. In 1992, when the Lubavitcher Rebbe spoke about this, he said, to usher in the messianic era basically means to usher this into your life. And the reason why the messianic era hasn't been ushered in yet is because the glorious joy and bliss that a man will experience or a woman will experience for one time in their life, if they can feel this in Golos, in exile, in the dark world, to be able to walk on the streets, and to have an internal peace, to see the purpose of your life, and the purpose of the whole entire world, and the purpose of your marriage, the purpose of everything, and in the most magical sense, with a tranquility, with a harmony, that is so magnificent, and that reward is the greatest reward, and to have that on some level, is even greater than what we're going to experience in the Messianic era because in that sense, we choose to be divine now. And choice is something we only have now in this confusion. But in the Messianic era, everybody will experience it. There will be a different sense of choice, 
then we will be elevating from level to level in knowledge and in unity and in clarity and in bliss. But to be able to choose bliss now, to be able to choose to be the creator of the world now, to be able to choose now to mimic your creator, to get in touch with your divine image rather than your animal, to wake up now to your true core, that is Abuidzat Sadaka and that is Hashkit Vavetakadoilam. To touch that now is the most magical thing in the world, but unless you obsess on it, you can't see it. But if you obsess on it and you unleash that energy, you'll never be able to describe it. But you will know it in your core, you will know it with all every fiber of your being. And we are spending all this time learning about this over and over again because hopefully, we hope we will tempt ourselves to tap into the purpose of the world now, to be part of the idea of ushering in the messianic era, which means to transform from animal to godlike, and to make that choice from deep within, not because of any reward, because the actual choice itself is the reward. To be like God means you have transcended from animal, you have transcended even from human likeness and humanness, but you have touched the divine, you have touched the infinity, the core of your soul has burst forth, you have got in touch with B'nai Yisrael. You are no more Yaakov. You got in touch with Yasa'el. You got in touch with compassion. You have created compassion. Which is the purpose why the God created the world. Because He wants to be a partner with us. In that space where He's Chesed and we're Gvura. And together we create the compassion where we walk hand in hand. Where we make God real in this world. Where we transform physical forever. Where the physical becomes a complete Yishkun Hashem. A complete temple and a complete place where God becomes real, where the pregnant potential becomes real where the infinity shows its infinite which is not a contradiction to physical and the physical serves the spiritual the spiritual serves the physical and there's no contradiction and to obsess on this and to understand it with every fiber of your being to go deeper and deeper into it because this is the most magical thing in the world